Tone Deaf is the journey of a theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. This show is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. I'm sorry for me. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the show we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. You are way more chipper than I am. Oh, uh, it won't last. (sighs) I I keep having to remind myself we're almost through this. We're (laughs) almost through this because we're heading back to the big water for this one. This is the land before time uh nine jesus christ journey to big water does that home wrecking elasmosaur show up again i don't remember her doing that i don't think she does i think this one is focused completely on a character that i fucking hate um (laughs) (laughs) i i really don't like this movie i didn't as a kid i don't really now it brings back one of my least favorite songs. It has another song that the Land Before Time wiki calls a big-lipped alligator moment, especially because something that looks like the gator from the All Dogs Go to Heaven that was the namesake for a big-lipped alligator moment mm-hmm. shows up in this. You know, what's interesting about that is given that Bluth did yeah. All Dogs Go to Heaven, so it's like it's weird that you would have the Bluth uh, bastard studios you know doing these and you'd have some incorporation of that Mm -hmm. other properties animation style Mm -hmm. uh but i mean i guess okay yeah and it'll make sense but it still sucks and i still don't like that song um and it has a character get introduced that like i said annoys the piss (laughs) out of me and i want to say he shows up multiple times Oh, boy. Yeah, and the other times, no speaking lines, except for in the TV series where there's a whole episode about him. And I'm kind of like, we already had an episode with you in the form of a short movie, a thankfully short movie. (laughs) We don't need more. And it also spawned a PlayStation game complete with 2002-era PS graphics. Just... (sighs) Where you have to get him back home. Oh, boy. You're just doing the plot of this fucking movie. You know what? Video game tie-ins to movies are so hit or miss, and I have a feeling that this one was a miss. Do you remember that era? I don't don't think it's still done, but do you remember the era of DVDs where they would sometimes include Mm -hmm. games with the DVD? Yes. And they were just the most shittily half done mm-hmm. pieces of shuffleware yep it i would think i would prefer that like that would make more sense to make a video game that comes along mm-hmm. with the movie yes yeah. luckily as as a seasoned video gamer uh luckily we have transitioned away from uh 
movie tie-in video games because that that used to be something that freaking happened all the time Mm -hmm. and they were rarely ever good Mm -hmm. usually at the best they were just okay yeah and uh i'm glad that it became not profitable enough to do that Mm -hmm. but then of course video games have transitioned into loot box mechanics or surprise mechanics or (laughs) or surprise gifts whatever the legal lingo they want to do to be like mm-hmm. we're not getting kids hooked on gambling mm-hmm. we promise child gambling child casinos <laughs> but virtual casinos yeah yeah um because so there is another land before time video game i think there might be a couple different ones there actually were when you mentioned that previously yeah. i actually took a little bit of a google search there were some game boy advance ones there were some playstation ones there was a cd-rom one that i had as a kid that For was PC? more of an at- yeah and it was more of an activity thing because that was the kind of video games i was allowed <laughs> you have to learn something it was it <laughs> It was very much you have to learn something, which is how I got away with Empire Earth <laughs> and Roller Coaster Tycoon and Zoo Tycoon. And uh, yeah, I got really good at building these incredible exhibits and then releasing the animals. What was this? Was this a Mama K saying that it has to be something I'm educational? I'm not sure, actually, because I'm trying to remember if Mama K truly was like that or if it was just more of a case of like i don't really want you playing like gta and (laughs) then there's the sperm donor who (laughs) wasn't really much of a help either with games Mm -hmm. i mean you and i have talked about when my dad uh decided to break my video game like the one console that i had the Nintendo, and then didn't replace it even though he could. Mm-hmm. And so, meh. Anyway, we're not talking about a video game. I'm just stalling at this point. Yeah, me too. But You know, speaking of stalling, uh, I wouldn't mind like a new Land Before Time video game if it was like its own standalone video game that took years to develop and had like an original story and stuff like that and you could explore the great valley and stuff like that that could be fun maybe some 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 friendly multiplayer elements each dinosaur has their own their own uh uh special abilities like sarah's got the ram you know long neck can can maybe boost up other guys thag just just eats stuff and thag's your healer Okay, Ducky can swim, you know, mm-hmm. in water stuff, and mm-hmm. Petrie uh, falls to his death uh, every that's, single time. That's his special ability. He can fly for like fifteen feet, and then he gets tuckered out and and falls. <laughs> like it, the thing with that is, I don't trust them to do a good story because <laughs> of where we're going on this journey. There is going to be one more good Land Before Time movie, and then it's all downhill. And it's all so, downhill. Uh, back to back to the journey to Big Water. We have an if under we must. yeah, we have an underwater shot with a neogene animal that would not have existed in the Cretaceous, and you can guess the animal when we get to that scene. Hey. And you'll see it, and you'll be like, either what the fuck, or oh, I didn't know that that wasn't around yet. But it's a very iconic little sea critter <laughs> that. Uh, don't keep them as pets, y'all. Anyway, um, oh, gotcha. also Donny Osmond sings the song in the end credits, so we've got another tone deaf alumnus, technically. 
Um, and according to the wiki, this is the last time we will hear if we hold on together in the series. What? What the, song is if it? we hold on together, we've heard it oh, instrumental. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That goes all the way back to the original, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. and this will be the last movie that it shows up in any form. <sighs> okay, mm-hmm. sure. Let's mm-hmm. let's replace good music Which with bad music. Really bothers me because it could have been used in the next movie, and we'll talk about that when we get to the next movie. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, Walker County Review called this one 71 minutes of fun. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes gives this one an audience score of of uh, 54%. Mm. IMDb says it has 50 or 5.1 stars and I have it towards the middle bottom of the list cuz it's not the worst, but it's not good. Um, our recurring cast comes back and Rob Paulson plays the teach little foot a lesson character in this film. This character being an ophthalmosaurus, which is a type of ichthyosaur. Now there's not going to be any new dinosaurs introduced, but never fear. We're still going to do a fact about a prehistoric critter. Not the one that I just said, cause that's too easy to say ophthalmosaurus. This will not be a dinosaur. This will be a not-a-dinosaur reptile, and yes, you get to guess this one at the end. Okay. So. Is it Sarko? No. The creature we're talking about, like I said, is not a dinosaur. It will be a marine reptile in the Pleosauridae family that lived in the Jurassic Oceans around what is now Europe. It is huge Ah. and carnivorous with a skull that was over four feet long. At one point, a jawbone was found that was thought to belong to this genus that was over nine feet long, but the jawbone has since been assigned to a different animal. With that, you think we would have a good idea on how big this animal was, right? Yes? Wrong! (laughs) So, it actually is a bit debated. One theory was put forth by L.B. Tarlow saying that the skull was about one-seventh of the size of the animal, making this a fucking enormous animal at 34 feet long. But there's more conservative estimates uh, since then, uh, with the head being one-fifth of the size, making it about 16 to 23 feet long, which is helped by the fact that we have a preserved skeleton of one of the species in the genus, uh, that was found in Germany, and it is 15 feet long. So st- still a sizable animal, but not as huge as Tarlow's estimates. I mean, men do tend to lie about size mm, you know, often. Fair, fair. Um, <laughs> diet-wise, like I said, they were carnivores, and their name comes from the Greek words for smooth-sided tooth lizard. Like other pleosaurs, this animal had four flippers that propelled it through the water, making them a perfect ambush predator. Unlike the other family in Plesiosauridae, which is uh, Plesiosaur, uh, pleosaurs were speedy creatures, and this family, for the most part, has shorter necks than the relatives in the Plesiosaur family. This creature is also pretty popular in media because of the size of the animal and mystery surrounding it. On November 26, 2005, the most famous depiction of this animal was released in an animated short by Jason Steele of FilmCal Studios. This film was released first on Newsgrounds and uh, got really popular on the early days of YouTube. It also influenced another bit of uh, theories from our friend of the show, Helena fucking Walker. 
uh, yes. <laughs> Good old Helena Walker. Good old Helena Walker. I totally knew was not a real person. <laughs> and totally didn't at any point. <laughs> totally at any point did not think <laughs> that Helena Walker was a real <laughs> shitty paleontologist that Kay was dragging. I knew the whole time, dear listeners, I did not make a fool of myself at all, as I never do. Just good old me, serious, knowledgeable Warren. Uh, so, for those who uh, don't, for those who don't play Ark, Helena Walker is the writer of the dossiers, and yeah. Anyway, she has a theory on this animal. I would love to hear this grounded in reality theory. This grounded in fucking reality theory. See, she agrees a bit on the size estimates, though she thinks that they may have gotten to 25 feet long. But here we go. She also thinks, and I'm going to give it to her in her own word. Give it to her, Kay. She thinks it is an elusive creature that can harness its magical powers to retreat from predators or aggressors of any kind. (sighs) And says that they would have liked honey, claiming if it was around, that people who managed to tame it could have apparently managed to obtain treasure beyond their wildest dreams. Supposedly, even after you've gained its favor, it remains incredibly elusive and will eventually use its abilities to escape even the strictest of captivity. Guess that not a dinosaur. The magical Lyplurodon, Kay! Yes! <laughs> We're gonna go get the magical Lyplurodon! Magical Lyplurodon! Yay! Did you get the honey? I did? Oh no, I ate the honey! Oh no! How are we gonna tame the magical Lyplurodon? Well, if it's magical, it can make more honey! More honey! <laughs> I wish we were going to Candy Mountain. But we're not. I would settle for Fried Chicken Hill. Mmm. Mmm. I mean, uh, Candy Mountain's nice and all, but can we, I mean, can I, you can drop, you, you can go to Candy Mountain if you want, Kay. You can strap me, you can strap me, you can <laughs> strap me down and violate my face hole with uh, uh, Fried Chicken Hill and uh, on the on the cove of, of Gravy Outlet and French Fry Cave. <laughs> That uh, whole geographical region. See, the only thing that I'm really missing since we found a substitute for fried chicken is uh, chocolate cake and stuff like that. Donuts and all that stuff. Which I normally don't have a sweet tooth, but I have had one lately. And it's kind of hell. Yeah, bodies... Brains are assholes. Because when you stop giving your body something, it goes, Hey, hey, you know Mm -hmm. what you want? That mm-hmm. thing you can't have. Especially because uh, we're recording this before we get vaccinated, but apparently Krispy Kreme is doing a vaccine thing yeah. where you show them your vaccine card. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I don't really like Krispy Kreme that much, but I miss donuts and free is nice. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of like glazed donuts. Anyway, I want I want something more, some more, you know. You want a, some, you want a donut substance. with a maple glaze. Yes. Yeah. Or, you know, I like, I like, I like a I like a End up in donut. a spooky Mormon hell dream. Spooky Mormon hell <laughs> dream. Uh, funny, because neither of us are Mormon. Well, it's funny uh, about that. I didn't know about maple donuts until I was older. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, 
Oh God! Now, fuck you, Kay. Uh, <laughs> God damn it! God this hell you put me into. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Candy Mountain and so on and so forth, but yeah, that'll be the uh, antagonist of the movie is a Lyplerodon. Lyplerodon. <laughs> The magical Lyplerodon. No, no, what's funny is I don't think I would have been able to guess it. Mm-hmm. But when you mentioned an early YouTube animation, <laughs> uh, that's what that's made what me made go, you... okay, that, because initially I was like thinking in my head, okay, it's not a, it's not a plesiosaurus. It's not plesiosaurus, it's a plesiosaur. Mm. So it's in that family. But if it's not the one that I do know the name of... <laughs> And then in my head, I was like thinking, is it Lyplerodon? Is like, and then my brain was like, no, a Lyplerodon is like a whale type thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So, but yay, look at me with context clues and yay! ancient knowledge. <laughs> the ancient knowledge of the long, <laughs> long ago. So, yeah, that's, that's my presentation for this movie. Any questions before we uh, take that plunge into big water? 71 minutes, you said, right? Mm-hmm. Of supposed fun? Of that supposed they it? fun. Uh, It'll be fun because we'll have Shay it, watch it with us and we'll just mock it the whole time. See, but, see therein lies the, the, the issue, is that the fun comes from our mockery of it, mm-hmm. not the media which we are absorbing. This is uh, true. Do we have the name and address of the person who said it was 71 minutes of fun? No. Uh, can we find it? Because <laughs> I am so, a little bit restless and so, would like to go pay them a visit, and so would my duct tape. I will say that most of these, when I try to get the reviews, a lot of the reviews are from sites that are now defunct. <laughs> Because they're from like early 90s, or late 90s, early 2000s, and the sites are gone. So, okay, tangent, tangent, this reminds me of the times that I've had to to deal with uh, general bigots, you know, mm-hmm. and they might post something that says, here's my my knowledge that proves everything dumb that I believe is true, and then you go and you look at it. And then when you try to follow the links for sources, they're dead links. Mm-hmm. It make it reminds me of that kind of situation of like, here, let me create these websites to house uh, the sources of my bullshit mm-hmm. that I can use in my mm-hmm. bullshit. So it made me think of like, with these movies, if part of the marketing thing is they go out and they just create new websites that are <laughs> like review websites, and then they're like, so-and-so of... <laughs> Land Before Time 10 website said, it's a movie. <laughs> like, just... It's a movie. It's, it's like the equivalent of, of uh, Twitter bots, you know? Like, uh-huh. artificial inflation of... of, uh, of yeah. No, I, I think that the real reason is that some of these companies, like, as soon as it's been, like decade or whatever they just go okay and we're done you don't need to they're they're defunct because their reviews their opinions were so terrible mm-hmm. they lost all funding <laughs> well like they were I, I guess what i should say is that either either the websites are defunct as in the case of some of the international reviews or uh reviews that i wanted to like pull a really good quote f- from but i wanted to get the context of and so i just decided not to use that review and let the movie speak for itself 
Um, <laughs> what's the music telling you now? Or what's the movie telling you now? If it's speaking for itself. Me bad movie. <laughs> Me bad. Me um, bad movie. There some is of no the, flyer supremacy in this one. Some of the really bad, or some of the reviews that, like, I do not agree with, but that I still wanted to share with you, um, it was more of a case of like, oh, well, this is a dead link to this review. Yeah, you can get onto the website itself, but you'll never be able to find the review. <laughs> so I don't know if they have like a uh, archive that uh, you can't access unless you have super secret space membership or something. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, that's enough of a diversion here. Oh, We've put it off long enough. Let's yes. go have 71 minutes of fun Yay! with Journey to Big Water. I would prefer 71 minutes of cousin fun. I love the scrunchy face you have. It's just, it speaks volumes. It's like indescribable disgust and um, and discomfort. Alright folks, we'll be right back with our 71 minute fun condensed mm. review of uh, episode 9 of A Land Before Time animated movie gauntlet. Land Before Time 9. It's a movie. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our Patreon sponsors? It is! Woo! We would like to thank our stage crew sponsors, Jeff, Reagan, and Jasmine Wu. And our producer circle sponsors, Jesse, Bianucci, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your continued support of our show. We truly appreciate it. You are listening to 530 on your podcast aisle any jokes by heart <laughs> here let me go go on really quick hold on this is uh all right funny podcast jokes all right confused yet well my dad raymond or rockland is putting out five and thirty an interview podcast here we go okay if you could jump into a pool full of something other than water what would it be mayonnaise He's going to be sitting down with creators, voice actors, and hosts from many different shows that he swears you will have heard of, and asking them five random questions. They could be simple, deep, or just plain silly. Fine. So the first question is, what's the weirdest smell you have ever smelled? <sighs> I mean, I could say my my husband, but yeah, anyways. <laughs> we'll move on. We're on Fine 5 and 30 with Rock Now. Everywhere you find your podcasts. Before it finds you. And now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. God, you're way better at that than I am, and I have notes in here where I'm supposed to do that. So it's going to be hard. <laughs> Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. 
That's Kay over there doing the dolphin noises. They're a musical theater nerd. We're in the second half of the episode. How are you feeling about this? Oh, shit, we are, aren't we? God damn it. (laughs) That's what happens when we watch something and then it's too late in the evening to record and then we got to record it the next day and I even have my goddamn notes in my hand after watching the show and here I am time traveling back to the beginning of this episode. Why did you marry me again? If if my memory is that is that crappy, I'm so I'm glad I you know I don't forget our anniversary. I don't forget your birthday. I guess those are two important things I remember. You you can't have raspberries. That's another important thing. You like the junk parts of the animals that I won't eat. That's an important thing. Beyond that, my memory might as well be. <laughs> Might as well be roulette. Oh yeah, so since we're in the second half of this episode <laughs> what of did Land you Before Time. Ta- yeah, what did film? I what did I think of it? Um The guy who does the voice of the not dolphin, what's his name again? Rob Paulson. He does the voice of Yakko and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. And, and Pinky, Pinky and, Spike and, and Spike and Donatello. and I really like him. I mm-hmm. really, really like him. I kind of want to punch him just for this role. I kind of want to get a, a, a firm but not uh, lethal mm-hmm. bat made that <laughs> is in the shape of this not dolphin. And then I want to, <laughs> when the Rona is done, I want to go to to a meet and greet with him, and I want to have him sign it, and then I want to hit him with it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And just go, no! And he'll go, I needed the paycheck. And I'll be like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I I will say that that's, I, that is one of my least favorite roles he's ever done. Uh, hands down, I don't think I could think of a role other I don't think I can think of another role that I dislike because mm-hmm. there's other stuff that I've seen him in. I think is great. Yeah, and I sit here and go, how much of that was the writing and the person going? It's a dolphin. You've got to do dolphin noises. <laughs> <laughs> it's a marine reptile. Dolphin. Yeah. No. And and I I do get mad at a lot of media for being like, oh, it looks like a dolphin. Let's make it act like a dolphin. <laughs> That's a, that's a dolphin ray gun. Jesus. But yeah, this is this is my least favorite role that Rob Paulson's ever done. <sighs> and he's in it for a while. He's not a... It's not like... A, it's not like he's only in it for like the last half. No, no. He, he's, he's in it quite a bit. He's the little foot learns a lesson character. Littlefoot makes a mud brother, which... Yeah, that's a weird <laughs> term. It seemed like a play on blood brother. It's supposed to be, but it's still weird. Uh, yeah. It's a very weird... I, Even as a kid, I was kind of like... So, so one thing I will say, I feel like a crucial flaw with that aspect, mm-hmm. is usually the whole blood brother kind of trope usually comes from 
after surviving a shared experience or yeah. some, something that has bonded the two of you mm-hmm. to a point where there, you know, there is something between you. Yeah. So I could see the journey of 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 getting the not dolphin back to the ocean. Could yeah. could they be like, you know, be like throws mud at him. We blood brothers or mud brothers now. Like yeah. you did a solid for me. Yeah. Like sure, that, but he's basically like, "Hey, I just barely met you. Want to be my family?" It's hey, like, I just met you. you. And, and this, this is, is crazy. crazy. But here's some mud. <laughs> mud brother maybe? Uh, <laughs> Cuz all the other Lyplerodons try to chase me. <laughs> but you're my mud brother. So help me maybe. means bend over and dolphin (laughs) get it because dolphins are horrible rapists and Uh, they're conscious of like they're doing yeah Mm -hmm. yeah they're a smart animal yeah they're sociopaths they're the humans of the sea (laughs) yeah they are the humans of the sea aren't Mm -hmm. they that's i think that i saw that used on hood nature but <laughs> that guy is great. That guy is great. He's amazing. Oh, okay. We should probably you should get into these notes this. so that we can be done with Do you agree with me though that it gets worse in Land Before oh, Time? This episode is so dumb. Uh-huh. So dumb. And this still isn't the worst of the movies, but this is pretty low. It's pretty low. Mm-hmm. It's pretty low. One thing I will say is the animation. That that is one thing that's really annoying. Mm-hmm. The animation in this one is probably yeah. some of the best we've seen. Oh, absolutely! Like, it is really good. There mm-hmm. are some beautiful uh, scenery bits and stuff. There's yeah. some great backgrounds. Uh, all the characters are animated incredibly well. Mm-hmm. It's got good music, like mm-hmm. the background music, because of course they they rehash. Some of the original yeah. OST from the... And this will ori- be the last time that you hear any of that original did James the, Warner music. Did the, did the rights expire? I have no idea. <laughs> because why would you get rid of one of the best components? I don't I just, know. I... Uh, like, uh, you'll get some of Michael Tevra, who's the composer for all of the sequels, um, trying to replicate the feel, but it's not... It's not the same. It, it, it's not the song. And like he's been he's been replicating the feel. It's been a gradual thing of him like them replacing archival sound with Michael Tevra's score, but you can still tell. And then it's gonna just go away, and it makes me so sad. The fall. The fall of the little foots. Uh, and the long necks. <laughs> And the three horns with only one horn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh, new theory. Sarah. Is adopted? Yes, Sarah's an adopted dinosaur. Some sort of, like, maybe a Stratosaurus or... So, does that mean that uh, her dad is a racist and a hypocrite? Because he's raising an unpure daughter who is not even from... Mm-hmm. The same species, but trying to instill within her the same shitty values that he has. He's he's one it, of those types it, of. It's it's like the person. It's like the white. It's like the shitty white person who adopts a kid from Africa and then is just is a total <laughs> shit bag to him, or and... or trying to get them to be racist mm-hmm. to other people. You know, mm-hmm. you can't trust the Chinese. You know, uh, like that. Uh, Mexicans steal. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, tangent much? Okay. I mean, I, still related, we, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's uh, let's dive into this thing head first and hit the bottom. Are you ready, listeners? You know the drill. Wait, do we? Wait, we're underwater. Usually, at this point, we're in space. And uh, they have, like, you know, swirling shit and explosions and space clouds. I guess they got tired of showing the creation of the universe slash galaxy slash solar system the last eight times and opted for the assumption that their captive audience won't need that refresher this go around. (laughs) Anyways, we're underwater watching a flurry of prehistoric nightmares swim by. (laughs) Swim by the title screen. Our narrator chimes in to be like, the ancient sea is home to creatures both small and large. The oceans were strange, mysterious. As opposed to now, where we know everything about them. <laughs> Anyways, our narrator is like, So the world was chaotic. What with changing climates and big earth shakes and the like. Mudslides, all the cool, cool things nature likes to throw around. But even though shit was fucked up globally, (laughs) the Great Valley was just fine. I mean, except for the storm that's going on right now. A lightning strike breaks a branch off a tree, and it lands near Baby Steps, flaming and on fire. (laughs) Baby Steps is like, huh, the sky sure is spitting on us a lot. And I'm not interested in horse startled at this flaming branch at all. I so that part made me laugh quite a bit because yeah. lightning strikes are already. You'd think prehistoric creatures would be like, oh, you know, big sky fire, mm-hmm. uh, and then it hits a tree that's you know a dozen feet away from them. Yeah, knocks off a huge chunk of the branch, and then it falls to the ground on fire. And Littlefoot is just mm-hmm. like, huh. How about yeah. that? Neat. Yeah, and I... <sighs> Instead of like, whoa, that was wild. Yeah, trees should have exploded then or something like that. Like, lightning strikes on trees are pretty impressive. I don't think I've ever actually... Well, okay, I've seen the aftermath, but I've never actually seen them. I've seen some videos of them, and it's pretty impressive. And also, I don't know that it would have been put out that quick it was raining pretty hard it was but yeah you're right it wouldn't have been put out that quick. yeah and i also hate that they're calling it skywater and i know that they've, <laughs> it just it gets it gets so bad in this movie it gets so bad uh, soon they're not gonna know what mud is the wet dirt <laughs> i get really annoyed later on when they use a term uh, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, it's coming up very yeah, close. very, very soon. Very close, because I screamed at the TV. <laughs> and I did too. So, suddenly, the rain clears up, and we see some sky colors. Rainbow. Which... <laughs> so, they don't have a word for rainbow, it's just sky colors. But if you'll remember, in the last movie, they called the uh, alien dinosaurs rainbow faces. So... So why would they they know what a rainbow is, but not when in the sky? I, 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 it, it makes me so mad. I think as a kid, I would have been like, wait, what the fuck? Unless 
the rainbow faces were the ones who invented the name for that species because they hadn't encountered that species up until that movie. And then all of a sudden they're all, oh, rainbow faces, but they don't know what the fuck a rainbow is. Uh, yeah. I, d- I don't know. That or, I mean, they'd be like, well, what's a rainbow? Oh, well, you know, after it's rained, what's rain? Yeah. Um, colors. Us, they call us color face. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's why. We're colored faces. That's why. That's why. <laughs> you can't call. Oh. Okay. Uh, we just got an insight to the brainstorming session that went on in the writer's room. Or I should say the writer's outhouse. Because I... How many people were involved in writing any of these? Uh, like, like... So, a little bit of some stuff that's... For, for stuff that I'm working on off the podcast... I am having to write things from a perspective of animals that don't have contact with humans, don't have words for human things, and, like, don't call each other by different species. It's similar to this, but I'm having to figure out what they would call them. For bright, colorful, parrot-related things, do you know what I'm calling them? No. The bright ones. That works. And that's what they could call the rainbow phases if they don't know what a rainbow is. But they obviously know what a rainbow is, so why the fuck do they call it sky colors? Because everything is a first draft with these. I, I feel like Continuity, goddammit. I feel like I could walk into court and have enough evidence to be like, Your Honor, everything <laughs> is a first draft with these people. <laughs> You're awarded nothing because... You, sir. <laughs> you, sir, Warren, may fuck off. Get out of my courtroom. I'm holding you in contempt. Why are you here? You sad, strange little men. You're here for a parking ticket. <laughs> but, Your Honor, the Land Before Time direct-to-video sequels make no sense. Bailiff. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get back to this, shall we? Um. So, yes. Oh, wait. The rain clears up. And then we see some sky... Wow, wow, I stopped right at the beginning of this note because we just had to extrapolate on how dumb sky colors was. it's dumb. It is dumb. Baby Steps asks if he can go bug his friends to do some leprechaun hunting because of the sky colors. Baby Steps runs off, to, runs off to Sarah first, who is rolling a log with her dad. Baby Steps is like, That game looks dumb. How about we go race instead, Sarah? And Sarah and her dad are like, Piss off, we're rolling this log out of our sleeping place. So, yeah, they use the term nest mm-hmm. frequently in mm-hmm. these movies. Why sleeping place and not nest? Another, okay, okay, whatever, whatever, it, Warren. It really bugs me. Because <laughs> it just gets worse the longer <laughs> it goes. You'd think that... Okay, never mind. We're, we're this will be a three-hour episode if we just keep going <laughs> back on on all the different incontinuity issues. Well, because up until this point, they've been kind of like they they haven't relied on the we don't have a word for this trope as much. Now it's like they're just going full on like. We don't know what rainbows are, but you used rainbow in the other one. Nope. Shh, 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 we don't. Shh. Yeah, we don't know what rainbows are. Rain, snow. We just uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. the any just okay. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so 
Uh, Sarah and her father are rolling the log out of their sleeping place, and Baby Steps offers to help, but is told to fuck off by Daddy Tops. <laughs> He's basically like, we can do it ourselves. <laughs> Baby Steps fucks off as requested and runs to find Ducky and Fag, who are splashing in the mud and don't really seem to have an interest in doing anything else, until they're called away by their mom. Baby Steps goes to the bottom member of the baby gang roster, <laughs> but Petrie can't play either because he has a cold on account of having wet feet from all the sky water. I'll leave that comment there to bounce off of your brains, listeners. <sighs> baby Steps, all sad and shit because no one can play, walks away and starts to sing a song about how it's boring, boring, really boring. Boring when the you can't play with boring, your friends. Boring, really, really boring. Mm-hmm. The song then jumps to Ducky and Sarah, who are also singing about being bored because they'd rather play. <laughs> Excuse me. They'd rather play than fix their destroyed nests. Petrie gets a solo though, singing about having a cold, which. So, in this universe's logic, they can't have a word for rain but they have the concept of being ill due to cold slash wet, mm -hmm. and Petrie can vocalize such a thing by saying that he has a cold in his mm -hmm. beak. Fuck it, whatever. I mean, <laughs> they did reference back in the fourth movie that July exists. What? Yeah, one of the lines, I need you, like, cold in July. <sighs> Sometimes it pays to be musically challenged, folks. Because yeah, no, I, that's I bounced like around that. in my head since I was a kid, and uh, this reminded me of that again, and just like, fuck, they really are inconsistent about shit. So Julius Caesar exists. <laughs> <laughs> Guess he was old as dirt. Oh. <laughs> or this is the land before time, and time has no meaning, and this is really purgatory. Or it's all hologram- oh, oh, oh! Oh, it's just a big experiment. They're all on a holodeck, and it's the <laughs> rainbow faces just fucking with everybody. Yes, yes it is. So, uh, yes, the other baby gang members each sing the boring, the boring, boring chorus before the song finally ends. Baby gang... With, I'm bored. Yeah, we get it. You're bored. Mm-hmm. I feel like this. the concept for this movie was, man, kids in the 90s, or I guess early 2000s, uh... Well, okay, I guess this is before the complete switch to, like, it's a beautiful day for gamers trope. Yeah. it was Because I do remember the points of being a kid where it's like, man, the weather's bad. Mm -hmm. I can't go out and play. Yep. And I don't have cable, and video games are not quite to the point where I can get lost in a 70-plus hour RPG. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'll just look outside with a sad face and think about playing. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think that they were thinking when they made this, because it's basically the Land Before Time equivalent of, man, we can't go play because of the rain. I mean, sky water. Townsville was closed <laughs> because of the sky water. No uh, government today because of the sky water. No crime today. Because, because of, of the, the sky water. water. I love that <laughs> reference. Okay. Baby Steps goes back to his G-parents and is all mopey. The adults try to tell Baby Steps to eat his sorrows away, but Baby Steps is like, 
I'm too bored in this great valley. And Baby Step says that he wishes he had a sibling to play with so that he was never bored. <laughs> G parents try to reassure Baby Steps that even if he did have a sibling, he'd still be bored because his character sucks. <laughs> The G, does. the G parents talk about all the wonders in the Great Valley and how if Baby Steps is bored, it's his own damn fault. <laughs> because there is so much to enjoy in this valley of greatness. Anyways, Baby Steps is bored to the point of insanity and starts to talk to his reflection in the pond. At least until two frogs jump in and ruin his mental break from reality. <laughs> Baby Steps sets off along a downed tree to explore the extra wet Great Valley and comments on how much the valley has changed because of all the sky water. I guess if they don't have a word for rain, they wouldn't have a word for flooded. <laughs> Anyways, Baby Steps resumes his mental break, talking to his own reflection, and decides to head back to his nest. The adults show up all of a sudden to be like, Oh, holy shit, the sky water flooded the valley! <laughs> Fuck you, To movie. which I just throw my hands up in the air and say, Fuck it, with what words and concepts they choose to have in this universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, that's like not having a concept of snow, but being like, man, this is one scary blizzard. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, ah. <laughs> you know, they, they have a concept of wind. We've mm -hmm. heard them talk about wind before. Mm -hmm. It's never the invisible pushing. Yeah. You know, you can't, you literally cannot see uh -huh. the wind, uh -huh. but they have a word for this abstract concept. Yeah, well, I guess it's not. Well, it's a concept that does require imagination mm -hmm. to an extent to vocalize something that that you can't see but can feel, but is you know the thing with it too is that it it's a common xenofiction thing to try and like create other terms that another creature would use, and mm -hmm. since English hasn't been invented, they would have different words, and I think back to things like Watership Down. Watership Down, there's a fucking language for the rabbits. So they have words for this shit. So, I I sit here and go, come on, Land Before Time, you could have been at least a little creative. And Yeah, they could have been creative, but I feel like at the same time with Xenofiction, for a sapient sentient creatures to be mm. able to observe something and, and create words to define it. Mm -hmm. I feel like that creates an, a situation where when you're writing, you should be able to insert rain. Like in yeah. their native language, it could be Utua, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. But translating and writing it, you wouldn't say there's lots no. of Utua because no. it's like, why would you pick that word to call Utua instead of rain? You're not going, go go bada Utua nepoa. It's like, you're not, you're not having the whole story. Thing. So it's like so they do do that with xenofiction, with a lot of xenofiction. That's why I brought up uh, Watership Down, because they will go through a sentence and then use a term that is in their word, and they'll translate it once for you, and then the rest of the thing they will use that word as the word that's the stand-in. See, and I feel like that in a, in a logical literative sense, that only works if that word doesn't exist in the other languages that 
yeah. other people speak. Yeah. And that's usually where you get a situation like lost in translation where someone tries to say, well, there's no direct translation in mm. English, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And that's what's preserved for those kinds of things. So it's like if I could see like if you have a creature that has lived in the desert its entire life, mm -hmm. doesn't understand, <clears throat> you know, it's really arid. It's never seen water fall from the sky. You know, it it would not have a concept for that. So I think that we're crossing lines here. Probably. Yes, because um, what I'm talking about is they're trying to have that feel of xenofiction, where xenofiction will have something like uh, there'll be a word for rain in, in whatever in their own language. language. In their own language, they have the word for rain. And that word pops up throughout instead of rain. They're trying to do the same thing, but instead of creating their own word, they're calling it sky water, which is combining two words that we know they know exist and that that's not what necessarily the translation of rain is anyway, because mm -hmm. rain is rain. It is sky water could be anything landing. And they even use the word rain in other movies oh god do they really remember when sarah's getting dripped on by the allosaurus is it raining oh, i forgot mm-hmm mm-hmm so they know the word. Movie. They know the word, but then they decide, oh, well, other xenofiction does this. We need to do this, but they aren't smart enough to create their own words for it. Because so I think that the we were getting crossed in it, because mm -hmm. I, I was approaching it from the perspective of, like, say, Lord of the Rings, you know? Mm -hmm. They have Elvish, you know, kind yeah. of thing. So you might have someone speaking Elvish, but not mm -hmm. everybody understands Elvish, so they hear just that yeah. person talking Elvish. There's no translation for it. Mm. Um, but, but I guess in this, in the context of the land before time, technically like the long necks would have their own language. Mm -hmm. The three horns would mm -hmm. have their own language. They would all have their own herd based languages. Yes. And that would then again, and that then would speak a common yeah. that everybody else understands. <sighs> you know, um, I apologize to our wonderful listeners because I feel like we, we took a turn to try and add some depth to this shallow universe and just kind of hit a wall. Mm -hmm. And now uh, we kind of need to beep, beep, beep. Okay, no, actually, we're stuck in this trench. So now what we got to do is get a an excavator to dig out <laughs> a side of the trench so that we can back this cargo ship of Astoria <laughs> and turn it around. By the time that this episode is out, that'll be a dead meme. <laughs> so that we can... Return to the Evergreen Valley. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is the problem. Memes come and go so quickly. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, just, it, it's it's more of failed xenofiction is what yeah. this is. Yeah. So, anyways, the adults are like, Oh no, the flooded valley may have brought more immigrants into our home. What immigrants? Immigrants who swam into our land. Daddy Tops, uh... I'm, uh, is calling him Daddy Bottoms better than Daddy <laughs> Nope, still feels dirty. Sarah's dad is like... He gets a name in, like, 
two movies. That's two movies too long. Yeah, Evan. the 11th movie he gets a name. You know what? Just out of fucking principle, I'm going to keep calling him Sarah's dad because it took so goddamn long for them to try and give him a name. That wasn't Daddy Toss. <laughs> I feel dirty just hearing it. <laughs> like, at least Mr. Threehorn would have been good. Mr. Or... Th- you know what? Mr. Threehorn is a perfectly acceptable and name. Because he's not called that in, in the original movie's credits. He's called Daddy Tops. <laughs> and I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, baby. Daddy Tops, you does it. Oh, God. I feel... <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get that... Uh, off my tongue. Uh. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, Sarah's dad is like, Gah! If immigrants are swimming into the valley, I'm keeping my daughter far away from any mystery creatures who have shown up. And all the adults murmur that, yes, they should all stay far, far away from the flooded area because of immigrants. It's so fucked up. <laughs> Oh, God, you know what I just realized? The largest consistent plot point in these movies is being anti-immigration or migration. Mm-hmm. You know, for kids. Mm-hmm. Gotta teach them the fear while they're young. Because every time some migrating group comes in, there somebody, you know, usually Sarah's dad, you know, is, mm-hmm. or somebody else is, Ah, they're coming in to eat all our food. Mm-hmm. Taking all of our jobs. Mm-hmm. Ah. And it's so weird, because, like, they they sometimes fuck up the lesson to a point where, like, the, it's okay to have people come and we can share and stuff. They fuck that lesson up. They fuck it up in this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I mean... their, their whole thing is, oh, the lesson in this one is courage. And it's like, no, you have a <laughs> bit of some problematic shit in this movie. And I'm pretty sure the message in your movie is nationalism. <laughs> yeah. In, in, Great Valleyism. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, anyways. Baby God steps. Damn, these are problematic. <laughs> yeah. You've, dis- you've sufficiently destroyed my childhood, Kay. I'm so uh, sorry. I mean, even back to the first one, though, they're pretty problematic. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm so biased because even the first one with its problems, I don't know. By the end of it, I feel like a lot of that had been smoothed out, you know, mm-hmm. at least in my own headcanon. But then they had to go and fuck it up by making 14 goddamn sequels. You know what? It's actually a damnation on the I don't see colorism sort of thing from the 90s of oh yeah we're all we're all perfectly the same there's no racism oh. whatsoever it's fine because it keeps it rearing its ugly it's head in these we don't we don't face individual challenges deal with it yeah yep uh, okay mm-hmm. <sighs> anyways baby steps uh is sleeping next to his g parents th- that night when a bird that sounds like a kookaburra wakes up Baby Steps, who is like, I better go investigate. <laughs> and I realize now that it wasn't a bird that he heard. No. Nope. Uh, and he scampers <laughs> off. Baby Steps scampers to the flooded area and is like, Wow! Dolphins! I don't think they're supposed to exist for another 
60 million years or so. And then Kay reminds me that it's uh, that type of marine reptile that looks like a dolphin, and they're a passive tame in arc. Uh, <laughs> they just kind of swim up to you, and you can feed them fish, and then they tame. Anyways, this... And you can use them to eat your reptorids. And uh, I can't remember what they're called. Oh, so this one's not that. This one's oh. a type of ichthyosaur. This one Ich-th- is an ophthalmosaurus. Ophthalmosaurus and ichthyosaurus. Names for its big eyes. That Mo oh, didn't have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, this uh, not a dolphin <laughs> is named Mo, and he splashes and trills at baby steps <laughs> and uh, lures him to the water for a dolphin raping, because dolphins are rapists. <laughs> I know that Mo is technically not a dolphin, but dolphins learned their behavior, their deviant behavior from somewhere, didn't they? Damn it, Mo. <laughs> I mean, dolphins are ungulates, so... Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, classification of evolution Life is weird. Is weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know dolphins were ungulates. Yeah, How they... the fuck? Because of ancient ancestors. Do they have, do it... they have nails at the tip of their... their Not anymore. Not anymore. But if I remember right there, I think that cetaceans are in ungulate, and it fucked me up finding so, that so out. doesn't that mean that dolphins should be called seahorses? I'm just following the logical trail. See, and now I'm sitting here like, am I right? Am I right that they're <laughs> ungulates? Because I, I will... I will read these notes while Kay does a quick Google search. Yes. (laughs) So, anyways, the rest of the baby gang apparently finished all of their chores and seem to be in a hurry to find Baby Steps, who they hear laughing, and they're all like, What? Is he having fun without us? Ducky tries to, uh, to protest, being like, My mom said the big water was dangerous and we should stay away. Yep, yep. And Sarah is like, so what? Haven't you been paying attention to the rest of these movies? We have a death wish and don't give a shit about danger. Onward, (laughs) the rest of the gang finds Baby Steps, who is talking about his new best friend and mud brother, Mo! (laughs) Baby Steps... Fucking Mo. (laughs) See, I'm like, if he's... Mo would be the name for a Mosasaur. It's because he's Ophthalmosaurus, and it's... They could have called him Op or something. They could have called him literally anything else. (laughs) (laughs) I like that response. So Baby Steps tries to lead them to where uh, they saw Mo previously, but Mo is not around, and Sarah is being a jelly bitch all, Huh, I don't see your new best friend. I think you made him up because you're a twisted fuck who wants to manipulate our emotions and make us think that you've replaced us with a new best friend. Baby Steps protests and says that he'd never talk to an imaginary person, even though he had a conversation with his reflection earlier. (laughs) But Petrie gives us an insight into his tiny reptile brain and is like, Hmm, me talked about it. Me talked to imaginary friend all the time. Ah, fucking hate that. And when pressed for details, we get a shitty, shitty Caribbean-esque song about imaginary friends and uh, how they can be so different because they're imaginary. 
It's a song to fill a couple minutes and help meet the song quota. Nothing more. I feel like this is the point where they truly jumped the Megalodon. <laughs> it, they uh... just, they don't have a single fucking thing left. They just, I mean, they have one good sequel left and that's the next one. And then it's just... Do you think in the writer's room they had, like, a dartboard with just random words pasted on it, and they are just throwing colored darts to, like, come up with a plot? They've got to be. So, um, to give you a little bit of information on dolphins, so... Seahorses. Seahorses. <laughs> really, you should be calling them sea pigs, because they're related to artidactyls. That's where they evolved from. They're related to aerodactyl? Like the, the Pokemon? No, no. Oh. Uh, so artiodactyls are like all of your even-toed ungulates, so... They have dactyl in their name. Uh, uh, yes, because toe. Oh. Um, God damn it. But, uh, or Latin. finger or toe. That's eh, Greek. It's all Greek to you. Um, Fucking Mediterranean <laughs> languages. But they, they basically evolved from them so they're putting them kind of into a combined term of set artiodactyla like cetacean and artiodactyl so uh going forward wonderful listeners start correcting every person you meet who says the word dolphin they really should be called sea pigs yes sea pigs but Pigs aren't rapists. That we know of. Boars probably are. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But yeah, no. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Can we call, can we start calling pigs land dolphins? <laughs> A land porpoise? Land porpoises. That. A lorpus. Ha ha! I, I feel like that should work. I feel like that should work. It's Isn't that fucking crazy, though? Because in the same vein as birds or dinosaurs. I feel like we need to share this conversation with the wonderful folks over at Anamorphing Time just to see what the... Just to see what Pandora's box has in store for us over there. <laughs> so, moving on. Uh, <laughs> song... I had to get that research thing done really quick. Well, thank you. Our, our brains welcome. all have an additional wrinkle now because mm -hmm. of you. Thank you. I my try. Brain, my brain now has two wrinkles. Yay! It's no, it's no longer as smooth as it once was. Can you go in there and just... <laughs> I like... <laughs> oh, I guess you could say that you like your men's brains like you like your laundry full of wrinkles. <laughs> so... Moving on, the song ends and the baby gang finally meets Mo, who shows up on the waterside to be like, <coughs> Kay does a much better job than I do, y'all. Because I'm part bird. And all the members of the baby gang introduce themselves one by one and show what it is that makes them special, including Sarah, whose special attribute is being a bitch. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah literally does the, you're not from around here, are ya? Yup. And Mo gives his backstory about being in the big water, and when sky please make lots of sky water, and big waves, and then big whirly pools of spin water, and Mo got swept away into the valley. As Mo is talking, he spots a big, 
dark shape moving through the water. As Mo tries to warn his new friendish types, they get snapped at by a big nasty water sharp tooth. The kids scatter and Baby Steps is like, we can't leave Mo. He's my new best friend, and you guys have grown stale over the last eight movies. <laughs> and Sarah is like, I bet Mo tried to get us eaten. And Baby Steps tries to convince the others to help Mo get back to the big water. They decide to ask the adults for help, because that works in these types of movies. Cut to. It, it drives me nuts. <laughs> the, just skip How the, the middle. Always so just skip the middle, man. You're all latchkey children anyway. <laughs> so we cut to the adults being like, we're not going to help an immigrant. And the kids set out to once again take on an adventure. But the, but the ground rumbles and some big earth shakes cause a chasm. And the kids are separated from the rest of the valley with no other route open to them. The baby gang heads towards the flooded area, or the new water, as the adults in the next scene will call it. Speaking of which, the adults follow the kids' footsteps to the chasm and are like, Yup, the kids went towards the new water, which is on the other side of this brand spanking new chasm. That'll never show up in another movie ever again. Neat. <laughs> Can we just have <laughs> some amount of like if you're gonna have an earthquake in a movie have it actually change the topography to, yeah and keep the topography different if it's gonna be that fucking dramatic of one of a scene even yeah like the thing is is like if you were a creative director in charge of something like this i knew i know that you would be so goddamn meticulous uh -huh. of being like here are the changes that happened in the last film we got to make sure that these yeah. changes are represented in the next film, and... Yes, because someone will be like me and point <laughs> that shit out. <laughs> Excuse you, us. Will mm. be like us. Mm. I am very opinionated and get really annoyed by a bunch of these little <laughs> things. I would like credit where credit is due. <laughs> you just don't know yet the, until I told you that this shit doesn't come back. Well, Great Valley's the same. It's always the same, because it's fucking purgatory. They're all dead. The, uh, haha. It's like Dark City. Everything just gets reset at night <laughs> or moved around. Mm -hmm. Sleep. Uh, Sleep, Littlefoot. Oh, cool. <laughs> now I'm just picturing them implanting memories into Littlefoot's... Oh, wow. That is a <laughs> dark crossover. <laughs> Holy shit. Now I need it. <laughs> Oh, for how people to listening, how for, to improve this? Yeah, for people listening who haven't seen Dark City, uh, it's a good cult classic uh, uh, sci-fi movie, kind of psychological horror movie. You should check it out. Way better than this movie. Uh, <laughs> back at the kids, they meet up with Mo, who liked the earth shaking because it trapped the big bad water sharp tooth in a cave or something. Yeah, he's trapped, and that's the important part. The baby gang dispatches Petrie as a scout to check out the way ahead. Petrie flies farther than I think we've ever seen him fly before, but catches some turbulence and falls to his death. <laughs> I wish. Instead, he recovers and heads back to his friends to tell them that he found a path for Mo to take. And you forgot something. Hold on. 
And during this time, Petrie brings back his imaginary friend. Oh, yeah. And he hums more of the stupid song from earlier. Is that what you're going to count? Yep. yep. And, and gives his imaginary friend these tiny little wings. As Petrie fly, he imagined imaginary friend to keep him company. But imaginary friend looks like the, uh, the shit. Puff the magic dragon. But he has no wings, and so he falls. But then Petrie goes, I can imagine him to have wings. And then he gets tiny little wings, and he looks more like Puff the Magic Dragon, but lame. There oh. there needs to be a limit to how many characters can have that specific vocal tick in a movie, though. <laughs> because Petrie and Moe are the same fucking vocal tick, pretty much. Like You're not wrong. Yeah, Moe adds on... But... They're the same damn character. Petrie uh, uh, shrills his E's more. Petrie! True. Petrie! Mo does his O's and O's with trills, and Mo is in the the, uh, underwater areas. Mo is his friend group's Petrie. They're all glad that he went missing. Like, oh, thank God. We have a Mo Free episode. Fuck, he's back. (laughs) (laughs) Regrouped, the gang sets out, and Baby Steps congratulates Petrie on being a big boy and actually doing something useful, (laughs) i.e. finding the path all by himself. Petrie is like, I don't do it by myself. I have my psychotic hallucination with me. And everyone uh, just kind of doesn't talk about Petrie's rapidly crumbling sense of reality (laughs) as they're walking through this cliffy area. He went through a rough time in the seventh movie, so... (gasps) Oh my god. Oh my god, you're right! You're right! He's dealing with his his sense of reality shattering from realizing his uncle was a creep is just destroyed Petrie mm-hmm. mentally and this is his coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Oh, Petrie, it's not a good coping mechanism. Take it from me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so as they're walking through this... What? Okay, I'll keep going until you... So as they're walking through this cliffy area, Sarah gets splashed by Moe and she flips the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Baby Steps tries to tell Moe to take it easy with the splashing and Moe is like, <laughs> that wasn't water. That was my urine. <laughs> and as Mo splashes away, did you Petri- think about Petrie is a Mori? No, no, no. Amori is way better than Petrie could ever hope to be. He Kiko Petrie route. <laughs> oh, just breeds descent into madness, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh God. Me on adventure to find Littlefoot. Oh, he's just surrounded by a Anyways, Kay. The we'll kid, cut that. The kids keep trekking and make their way to a new area, and the gang stops to take a drink. While Baby, while baby Steps is slurping up that cool, refreshing water, he gets a mouthful of Moe's backwash. <laughs> Bubbly so backwash. Weird. And Moe just trills and trills and is like, Now you have bubble face! Sarah gets uh, grossed out and stomps away. The scene changes to another canyon-ish area. The gang follows the river and then they hit a snag, which is a big fucking rock blocking their path. 
<sighs> Ducky dives into the water to see if Mo can go under the boulder, because I guess Mo can't do that himself. Jesus. Anyways, Ducky dives in and heads to the bottom, and uh, Mo uh, is being too playful and gets stuck in some water rocks. Ducky surfaces in a panic, being like, Mo is stuck and going to die! Yup, yup! And the gang jumps into the water to help. But Mo was just a troll and just fucking with them. Which makes uh, them all very angry. Mm -hmm. Baby Steps is like, Well, if Mo likes to play games, maybe we can trick him into jumping over the jagged rock. <laughs> and Petrie is like, But if Mo no make it, he gets all squished. And then I, Petrie, will finally have something to eat that my species would have eaten. Because again, <laughs> not an herbivore. <laughs> You do that really well. <laughs> I'm glad you think so. Anyways, Baby Steps gets on the rock and pulls a free willy moment, urging Mo to swim and jump the rock. As Mo falls and Baby Steps uses his body, his long neck body, as a slide to redirect Mo. No. Baby, Baby Steps suffers no splatity splat impact from the dense sea creature his own size mm -hmm. smacking his body and being deflected so mo does this free willy launches out of the water try and jump the rock but he's not going to make it and so he falls down lands on little foot's back end but like slides down his tail and then like up the back of his yeah, head yeah he he flintstones off that's, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That is a very excellent way of putting it. He flintstones <laughs> off of him. However, the massive crucial flaw with that, as we both know, sea creatures are incredibly fucking dense because mm -hmm. they are moving through resistance all the time uh -huh. because of water. So, fun fact, listeners, Kay used to work at an aquarium, and we learned that baby penguins, like new-hatched baby penguins, are like 10 pounds. They're mm -hmm. dense Little They're fuckers. dense motherfuckers. They're dense little fuckers. And the way you see penguins swim and they just like, woo, rocket themselves mm -hmm. out of the, the ground. They are dense little fuckers. That's muscle. Mm -hmm. They have to be able to propel their torpedo-like bodies mm -hmm. out of the water to get air to land. So, and don't be on the wrong end of those flippers. You, you will have welts. Big ass welts. So <laughs> Mo probably weighs more than Baby Steps. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a very good possibility. Mm -hmm. And the way that they animate it, Baby Steps doesn't, like, sink a little bit. He doesn't even react to yeah. having the full force of gravity pulling Mo down on Baby Steps. It, it basically, it it's the way it's animated, it just might as well have been... No friction. Yeah. It is the I, I hate it so much. I hate it almost as much as I hate the uh, pterosaurs with translucent wings. Mm -hmm. I think I hate it more. That's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so, <clears throat> yes. Baby Steps just works as a slip and slide and yeets Mo off his shitty... <laughs> leets Mo off his body and into the river. The rest of the gang makes their way down the cliffside to the next shitty, shitty scene. Well, not the next, next one, because the next one is our villain who is trapped in a cave. Wait for it? No longer. The largest rock slides loose, and we don't see our sharp tooth escape, but we hear it. <sighs> And the speed at which he 
catches up, up with them, right? It's because of the magical properties of the Lyplurodon. <laughs> magical Lyplurodon, Kay! Magical Lyplurodon! Go to Candy Mountain! Candy Mountain, Candy Kay. Mountain! Back at the baby gang, they're walking and walking and walking and walking, and we see the scenery change and the light dim, signifying that they've been walking for hours. The gang decides to pass the time with a song about the big, big water. <laughs> it's a, in my opinion, it's a slightly better version than the big, big water song from movie slightly. five. Yes, slightly. Uh, but mostly because this version has references to the past movie and serves as a meta recognition that they are, in fact, aware of their past adventure. Or at least that one. Continuity is mm -hmm. important, not that this series cares that much. <laughs> Anyways, Mo starts to trill out of happiness, and the others in the baby gang think that the, think it's the most horrible noise they have ever heard, and they cover their ears and cry in discomfort. Which, that makes me laugh, because he's been trilling the whole goddamn movie, and only now are mm -hmm. they like, Ah, that horrible, horrible yeah, noise! Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh... They're crying in discomfort, and a bunch of swarming leaf gobblers come hopping out from the bushes and swarm the gang. <sighs> Mo apparently can talk to the bugs. Yeah. Who tell Mo that they are close to the big water. Cause why the fuck not? And the grasshoppers, the locusts, apparently think that Mo's singing is wonderful. So, <sighs> I don't even know how to tackle that stupid bit that it doesn't make any sense no it doesn't make it any really sense doesn't. on any level and I, again this is why <laughs> i do not like this movie okay in all levels but logical it makes sense <laughs> um so after that <laughs> After that completely unnecessary scene. I'm glad you like that. After that completely unnecessary scene. And people don't know yet, because we haven't revealed that part of the backstory. Oh, yeah. When we get to ten reviews, we'll do a K backstory. We have so few reviews. <laughs> Our tiny little niche podcast. When we get ten reviews on iTunes. There we go. So yes, after that completely unnecessary scene, the baby gang is walking and Ducky falls into a nest, a long neck nest, and the mama shows up ready to stomp these intruders into jelly when they're like, we're so sorry we wouldn't crack your babies, open up and suck on the sweet, sweet adrenochrome inside. <laughs> oh, no, 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 we would not. Warren, egg dinochrome, remember? Oh, yes, thank you. Thank you, Kay. Egg dinochrome. Thank you. Uh, see, continuity matters, and I forgot my mm -hmm. own continuity. Mm -hmm. And the mama longneck is like, oh, okay. Anything I can do to help you lost kiddos? And the baby gang is just like, just give us a place to rest because we've had a long day. That night, resting in the loving embrace of this mama longneck, Mo wakes up Baby Steps and shows him some starfish, calling them star swimmers. Uh, again, starfish don't swim. They crawl slowly uh -huh. as fuck, which is why starfish are only kind of cool if you see like a time lapse of them. Or if you know how they eat. 
and then it's more of a frightening and just like, Jesus Christ, the ocean is full of horrors. Isn't it basically they eat through their anus? Like, they just regurgitate their, their stomach their stum- comes oh, yeah, out right. through their mouth and, uh, and like, helps digest whatever they're yeah. on. They basically just puke out their stomach, which then soaks up nutrients mm-hmm. by digesting whatever it's touching. And... It was always weird when a starfish would get a hold of the octopus's food, because you'd see... You kind of get to see a little bit of that, and it would just be like, oh, the ocean is a scary place. Yeah, the ocean is where real-life nightmares still lurk, people. Like, I'm I'm not afraid of starfish, but I have a... A bit of you I would, would never want to be a fish. You would be you would be was, afraid uh, of a starfish that was bigger than you. Yes, yes, a starfish bigger than me would be hell. I guess not if it still moved at the slow ass speed. You could just taunt it and swim away and be like, "Ha ha, you're never gonna catch me, starfucker." <laughs> uh, yeah. If sorry, tangents, tangents. <laughs> <laughs> yes, starfish don't swim; they crawl slowly. Fuck movie. Fuck you suck. <laughs> Anyways. Baby Steps is taken by the moment and starts to sing about the majesty of nature. The magic of the moment makes the eggs in the long neck nest hatch, and everyone sings along, and the music is actually pretty nice. Yeah. The lyrics of the song are not great, but they're sung well. But yeah, the music in this moment is mm-hmm. actually pretty good. So and it's our end credits song as well. Ah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So it's another example of where they don't suck from time to time. Mm-hmm. And that's like we've mentioned a hundred times before, the biggest issue is that there are moments that are good, and they remind us that this series can be better if mm-hmm. they cared. If they tried. They cared enough. Mm-hmm. That night, resting in the... Oh, it, ha, 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 ha. Yes, we just did that. Anyways, we get a brief scene of the adults back in the valley looking up at the same sky as the baby gang. But the scene goes back to the children who finish singing and go to sleep. The next morning, the gang sets out again. After walking... Did you notice what type of uh, long neck Mama Longneck was? Oh, oh, we mentioned it when we were watching, but she's, she's, not, she's not a Baby Steps long neck. No. She is a uh, plot. She's, she's a uh, the lone dinosaur. Yes, so my own thought is that she's sitting there like, and I met the nicest, handsomest Longneck. But then, after a brief fling, he was like, (laughs) I have to be alone. And now I'm stuck with these. He filled me up and touched all the walls. (laughs) And because he had this freakish prehensile tail, he was able to reach around and... I've never been touched that way before. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mom, Mom, we just barely were born. (laughs) And already we want to die. Uh, So, aren't you supposed to just lay the eggs and leave? (laughs) (laughs) But if I had left, I would never be able to tell you about how your bastard father rocked my world. (laughs) So, okay. Okay. There's the seagull. Uh, Someone open a window. Get that seagull out of here. So the next morning, the gang sets out again. After walking for a bit, Ducky asks the gang to take a break so that they can cool off in the water. The water is apparently turning salty, indicating that they're getting close to the big water, which, I mean... 
we haven't really touched on it, touched on Mo being a sea creature who was previously swimming in land into freshwater, but I don't know, fuck it. Anyways, <laughs> the gang is playing in the water and Sarah feels something, and then she looks in the water and catches crabs. Or a crab. <laughs> who clamps on Sarah's nose and makes her run and scream in pain until Mo politely asks the crab to kindly fuck off, which it does. <laughs> The gang finds themselves in a, at a fork in the river, and instead of using their brains and being like, well, water flows downhill, so downhill would be towards the big water. But no, the gang splits up with Mo taking the lead to check the way he found. While Mo is gone, the sky spits on the babies some more, and the Lyplurodon shows up to attack the kids. Petrie, who is flying around, gets struck by lightning and dies for like the 50th time. <laughs> but when the Lyplurodon tries to catch his extra crispy carcass in his mouth, <laughs> snaps his jaws shut on the falling Petrie, but only gets the very tip of his wing. Just the tip. I wrote that in here. Just the tip. <laughs> and, uh... A log... So, Petrie's flying around, lightning strikes, and he's, like, on this cliff point, you know, and there's, mm -hmm. like, a dead tree there. We don't see anything happen to the tree, but that yeah. tree falls. I yep. guess I guess too much sky spit. But Who knows? After the they don't care, so I don't. Yeah. After the, like, Pluridon snaps at Petrie and just catches him by the tip of his wing, he gets hit by the falling log. It falls and hits the Lyplurodon, knocking it out for a minute. The gang scrambles to the shore and is safe. The Lyplurodon dives back underwater and the gang... <sighs> the gang decides to get back into the water... Yeah. ...and huddle inside the log. Instead, it worked with a land sharp tooth. Surely it'll work with a water one. Instead of staying on the shore where the water predator can't get them. Good, good, good big brain yeah. plan, guys. No wonder you went extinct. <laughs> Anyways, huddled in the log like a huddled in the log like candy in a tube, the Lyplorodon <laughs> picks up the log and smacks it before throwing it. Before the Lyplorodon can eat our child heroes and give us the sweet release of end credits, <laughs> Mo shows up to fin slap the shit out of him and distract it away from his friends. We don't see anything happen to Mo other than him leading away the Lyplurodon, but the kids are all like, Mo! And it's like a, it's like a death scene. They treat it like a death scene. Mm -hmm. Well, and he even does like a goodbye, friends. And then, friends. like all sad, like, I'm gonna die now. I will sacrifice myself for you. I'm going to die now it's like to do that voice appropriately you gotta have like half a throat full of water and risk trying to waterboard yourself while do the voice i i i don't i don't know how to describe how i can do it but i can do it <laughs> it's not the only thing that mouth does uh or that throat <laughs> anyways <laughs> huddled in a log i know i read that oh, the scene changes to after the storm, and the kids are moping, especially Baby Steps. The kids all lament about their dead, annoying friend and start to trash talk Mo and his horrible singing. They do their best mocking impressions of Mo's singing, and then Mo returns the call in the distance. 
The gang follows the noise and finds Mo, who explains that the bad swimmer chased Mo, but gave up because it smelled something and swam a different way. It's decided that the bad swimmer, Lyplurodon, smelled the ocean and swam towards it. Mm -hmm. The gang is like, hey, that's where we're taking you, Mo, and they head towards the big water. The music swells, and our heroes bid farewell to Mo, who tries to convince his new friends to come live with him. And we bid farewell to the last bets, the last good music from the movies. But then we have to be like, uh, we can't. The big water is bad, and the green food sucks. <laughs> so Mo spits mud at baby steps and is like, We be mud brothers forever! And when we hear the trilling of Mo's family, who reunites with him, and there's much rejoicing. Mo asks the land dwellers how they plan to get home, and then decides to go ask his family for advice. After the conference trilling, Mo <laughs> decides to ask the entire ocean for advice, and we get the return call from what sounds like a whale, and the gang turns their heads 90 degrees and fucking sees a way back onto the land. So glad they had to ask the whole ocean for help. And probably the, uh, whatever they're asking, because it's not a fucking whale, because they like hadn't whale. been invented but yet. But it did but sound like a whale, yeah, right? Yeah, it did. It's like, just, ah, it's, like it's like they're just like, where can my friends get back up onto the land to get home? Turn your fucking head 90 degrees. <laughs> oh, yep. Uh, yep, yep. That's pretty much what happened. Anyways, as they're getting ready to part ways, Mo asks Baby Steps if he would like to see where he lives. Baby Steps takes a deep breath and puts his head underwater to look at, you know, sea plants and fish and turtles and shit. Baby Steps falls into the water but is rescued by Mo. The gang finally says goodbye. And as the narrator says, be <laughs> And as the narrator says, begin the long trek home. And we see the gang traverse a bunch of different terrains before arriving back at the Great Valley. Luckily for them, the wall, the walk back from the ocean was very uneventful and had no encounters with any predators. I mean, a journey back to the Great Valley from the fucking ocean could have been a movie all its own. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, <clears throat> the gang shows back up, reunites with their families, and the narrator is like, And while they were happy to be home, they all knew in their hearts that there would be more adventures. And as the sun sets and the scene fades to black, we get the credits and the end song. Su the end song, sung by hard slave bod himself, Donny Osmond. <laughs> the movie is over. Thank the gods. <laughs> oh, that one was terrible. That one was really, that was, really bad. Uh, like, like I I've, still hate it. I've complained about just. I've complained about aspects of just about every show that we've done. Because that's what I do. Uh, be incredibly negative about things. Uh, but this one was particularly bad mm -hmm. of the Land Before Time mm -hmm. movies. Yeah. And it just was not good. No. It just really wasn't good. Like, yes, there was some music that was nice. Mm -hmm. You know, there was some some 
animation was really beautiful, you know, like mm-hmm. really good landscapes and stuff like that. Like there 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 definitely were positive things in this show, mm-hmm. but they're, they're the same positive things I've mentioned in the other shows. The animation is always the strong point. Yeah. Most of the voice acting is is a strong point. Mm-hmm. You know, the background music usually is pretty well, pretty good. Songs can be hit and miss, mostly miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, very forgettable. Yeah. One. Very forgettable one. Uh, you know, it's something that I was actually thinking about. Number eight, and who knows? They may have changed studios. They may have gotten a better animation studio to do the the one. You know, maybe it was a different type of software. Mm-hmm. But there was a definite sharp turn in the animation quality from eight to nine yeah and i don't know going forward if the animation will dip or rise but i feel like nine so far is the best animation we have seen which you would you would think logically that it's the the newer one that we've seen out of these movies Mm -hmm. that it would be the most you know updated have the best visuals stuff like that yeah but that isn't always the case, cause money mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that. So, yes, not a huge fan of this one. I'm glad that it's over. I hope we never see Mo again. And I'm sorry. Oh God, fuck me. Uh, what's the next one, Kay? So the next one is going to be probably the last one that's decent out of the movies. Um, the TV series has some good moments, but movies-wise, this is. This one coming up is it. Uh, the other ones don't hit this level, sequel-wise. Uh, again, we are going to be doing The Land Before Time 10, The Great Long Neck Migration. And this is the one that I think you might have... I inad- spoiled a little bit about inadvertently it. Inadvertently but... hint. It's not that you spoiled it, it's that I made comments and your reactions to the comments indicated yes. that I had guessed something. Yes. So and uh, and that's one of the things Jesus that makes fucking it so Christ, good. Stephen. <laughs> so, listeners, the less than a minute has passed since oh, Stephen Stephen the Orange Drool Boy had walked into our recording studio, hopped on our laps, and was walking back and forth as we pet him. The disgusting little bastard drooled all over me. <laughs> I go to put my arm down on my on my leg, and it's just covered in drool. And now he's rubbing up against the... Yeah, don't, buddy, dude, buddy, dude, buddy. We're, we're almost done. <laughs> we're almost done, stop, buddy. Stop it, Steven. It's okay. It's okay. He's like, but I'm the mostly silent fourth co-host. Your audience wants to know more about me. Yeah, you're a good boy. You're a good boy. The way Please. he loves you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. He's crawling up on Kay. He is. He, he is. just loves you. Please keep the drool away. So the next one is the Great Long Neck Migration. Yes, and this one, I have allowed myself to go down a bit more of a rabbit hole for the dinosaur facts. So as long as you don't uh, go watership down with the ship down with the watership uh <laughs> you've never seen that have no, you no <laughs> i haven't that, that joke could have been better <laughs> but yeah that'll be that'll be our next one and uh you'll enjoy the good while it lasts because that's after that point it's shit then it's all downhill from here what did he do did he grab your nipple? Yes! Oh, Steven. Oh, 
having a feel on my wife. He's like, it's because I'm so goddamn handsome. I could walk into any room and you lay on the lap of any woman. You about to get kicked off this lap. You about to get kicked off this lap. I oh, can grab God. any titty I want. No one will do a damn thing because I'm so goddamn gorgeous. The one good thing about the pandemic was not wearing a bra anymore. <laughs> and I keep getting reminded of my choice. <laughs> oh... So thank you all so much for listening to this tangent-filled episode of Tone Deaf, as is our custom. If you would like to reach out to KRI, you can do so at our home base, which is ToneDeafMusical.com. There we have links to all of our Facebooks and Instagrams and uh, Twitters, as well as a link to the Cast Junkie Discord server, where we have our own Not Safe for Work channel. Please feel free to stop by, say hi, talk about musical theater or whatever, and maybe share pictures of your pets. Right now I have an orange boy butthole blinking at me. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to go above and beyond, you can leave a review. Uh, Kay and I have very few reviews, and, uh, you know, that uh, that helps. That helps to uh, get the show into more earballs. Uh, if you would like to go above and beyond, you can join our Patreon, which is Tone Deaf Musical. We have different tiers there, as well as some bonus episodes. If you would like a physical way to support the show that you can hold in your hand, we've got stickers and t-shirts and coffee mugs over on our Tee Public, and uh, all you know stuff goes to help support the show. You know, yes. so we can like uh, upgrade upgrade uh, equipment and uh pay for stuff that we need to stream because there's no free versions of it yes um thank you all again so much for listening and for your support and for interactions with us um i think though that that'll be it for this episode i'm Kay. i'm warren and totally not looking at an orange cat's butthole <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> this has been tone deaf what the with Steven. <laughs> you wanna say you wanna say goodbye to uh you wanna say goodbye to the listener, Steven? Mr. Silent Boy, whose head is cupped in my hands, and he's giving me this big smile as I rub his chin. <laughs> you do have the most pathetic little meow. It would be funny if you could uh do a meow for our listeners. What do you say, Steven? Steven says no. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, folks. We'll do this again. You've been Kay. I've been Warren. shit, what? <laughs> <laughs> You've been Warren. We've already done the sign-off. <laughs> Good night, everybody.